Hi, this is James Devine, and I am an educator who has come out of the trenches. Listen in as my friend and colleague Dana Goodyear shares stories and tips from other educators who have come out of the trenches. Welcome to the Out of the Trenches podcast. This is Dana Goodyear. Thanks for listening. My next guest is Katie Trobert. She has over two decades of experience as a teacher and mentor. She is a president and CEO of Curiosity to Create, a nonprofit organization focused on helping educators incorporate creative and critical thinking strategies into their existing curricula and build creative classroom environments. Katie is also co-founder of the Creative Thinking Network, an online network to assist teachers in adding creative thinking into their curriculum. Katie has won several Teacher of Excellence and Outstanding Educator Awards, has a master's in teaching and a master's in education administration, and is pursuing her EDD at Northeastern University in Boston. She currently travels around the nation speaking at conferences and training educators. Welcome to the podcast, Katie. Thank you for having me. Well, we'll start off with a question I ask everybody. Tell me about a time when you were in the trenches and managed to crawl out. Well, I think um, obviously being in teaching for over 20 years, there's been many times I've been in the trenches. But I think the one that stands out the most um, is when I was just struggling with student engagement. I just, yeah, I looked forward to going to school every day. Um, it was my passion. It was what I wanted to do. I loved teaching, but there became a time where things seemed to shift and the student engagement, the student rapport, um, that connection seemed to have been dwindling, um, which I just remember sitting in my car sometimes thinking, I just don't want to go into school. I don't want to teach. I don't want to be here. Um, and I knew that that was a, an all-time low for me um, because I always was so excited for school. So um, that's when I, I really thought I have to change things up. I have to figure out a way that I can find my joy and that I can bring back joy into my classroom. Um, and that's when I started to do a lot of research into the shift in what's happening with, with students, why things are changing, why teachers are changing, um, and found that adding some creative and critical thinking seems to help. Um, I made a lot of mistakes, but I'll tell you what, it, it really pulled me out of where I was in that, that depression and that um, not wanting to be in school, not wanting to go into my classroom, which was always a place that I called home, basically. Um, and it, it changed it changed quite a bit for me and, and pulled me out of, like you said, the trenches. Okay. And um, after that time, you decided to then work more with uh, researching and founding your nonprofit and um, helping educators. Um, so we're, we're going to dive a little bit into some of these um, things that you experienced yourself. So first of all, I just, um, I know this has been an issue, not only during the pandemic and after, but also for many years, uh, just the fact that teachers are struggling so much now with student engagement and they're unhappy in their jobs. Um, so right. what, what should we be doing more of um, as administrators, as instructional coaches, and um, just in terms of uh, helping our own teacher colleagues? I would, I think the one of the number one things I could say that would help each other is that we start collaborating with each other. Um, I've heard from so many teachers that their departments or their schools seem very competitive, where this is my lesson. I keep it very close to myself and I don't share. Um, I think being vulnerable and open with each other is also another thing that can really help recognizing that we have had this shared trauma 
together that we're all struggling. So we have to help each other. I really, truly believe that there is power when teachers work together um, and that that can really change the whole uh, way education is going. But we have to start supporting each other, helping each other, collaborating with each other, giving each other ideas um, all across the nation. I think we need to stop kind of um, being in our bubbles in our own school districts or even in our own classrooms. I know as a high school teacher, sometimes my classroom 246, I, that's all I saw all day. Yeah. Um, and getting out and talking to administrators, talking to coaches, talking to each other, working with each other. I really feel like that can help bring back some of the joy and engagement on the teacher's end. As far as the students are concerned, I think we've got to allow them to start um, looking at what we are doing in our curriculum and making some choices, finding that connection, that relevancy, and that meaning within the curriculum. I, I think so many teachers I've heard to are, are struggling with that. Why am I learning this? What does this have to do with anything? I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. Um, so we have to make that curriculum um, interesting to them, something that that reaches out to them. Yeah. And then um, I think there's a lot of teachers that have been in the field for, you know, 15, 20 years plus, and they, they recycle the curriculum. Yes. They add a few things, right. Um, and, and they're kind of stuck in their ways and they're right. wanting to get ideas from others. So, um, and you're, um, when you work with teachers uh, and instill creative thinking, what, what do you uh, try for those teachers who are a little bit resistant to change? It's interesting because I, I do more of a workshop. Um, and so I kind of have the teachers all working together. So those okay. teachers who are resistant um, can sit and listen and not participate, but eventually they come around um, because they're not in their own seat um, with their arms crossed and grumbling and grading papers, but they actually are very interactive at their tables and at their workshop. I have found that that helps quite a bit um, okay. I remember when I was a kid, remember the mimeograph? Um, and yeah. I remember even when I first started teaching 25 years ago, there were still teachers who were using that. You could tell they're still using that same old mimeograph um, kind of paper and and not wanting to change. And, and part of you know what's going on in our world right now is a lot of change and ambiguity and being unsure of what the future is going to bring us. And that is where creative and critical thinking comes in. Um, and that's, again, why I say collaboration is so important. So even the teachers who are stuck in the mud and say, I'm not changing, um, getting in that energy and seeing how fun that change can be. And again, supporting each other through that change. Like, man, this is hard. Man, I failed. Being able to, to be vulnerable and open with each other, I think, pulls those resistant um, teachers into being more cooperative. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think if they see other people do it, they'll come around, like you said. Um, so talk to me a little bit about why creative and critical thinking are so important um, in all levels, K through 12. Um, and tell me about how you would separate uh, the two between creative and critical thinking. Absolutely. So um, it's interesting. If you've looked at any of the research on LinkedIn, Adobe, uh, especially World Forum, they just came out with another report about what it is that employers are looking for. That what is it that our future will bring us? And the two top, out of the 10 top skills, the two top skills, one is critical thinking, two is creative thinking, three is communication and collaboration. You know, it's 
what is happening in our world in, in employment is people have to be problem solvers. Yeah. What's happening in our classroom is not necessarily problem solving. It is memorization, um, knowing the dates, um, getting, getting that curriculum in, right? We got to get that curriculum in. We got to teach all this stuff. Here's all our standards and kids aren't being allowed. And, and neither are the teachers um, being allowed to be creative and think critically. Um, and we've got to make sure that that is a skill that we are teaching mm-hmm. and be explicit in our teaching. So that's why those are two very important things. The, the problem is sometimes we see them as they're separate. This is yeah. creative thinking, this is critical. And honestly, I like to look at it as um, two sides of the same coin. Yeah. So, you know, it's one side, we have to think critically, we have to think critically, but really when we start critically, or I'm sorry, creatively thinking, we're doing all of this divergent thinking. We're just going in wild and crazy ideas. And what if, what if, what if, yeah. um, why? When we get to the critical part, it's okay. Now we have all these great ideas. So which ones stand out? Which ones do we think will actually work? Which ones do we really want to try and why? So why are we going with that idea? How do you know? I asked that question quite a bit in my classroom. How do you know? Why do you think this way? Um, and, and allowing students to come up with those ideas, I think is critical as well as teachers. I mean, just again, why are you teaching this way? Well, because I've always taught that way. Okay. Well, <laughs> we have to change. We have, we're on, you know, we have AI coming in. We have, you know, students just want that A students just want that. Um, is this answer right? And we have to start going into, I don't know, is it? Why do you think it is? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's also um, discussing with colleagues and finding out how to um, maybe just work these questions into our lessons and, you know, um, ask more questions, right? It's kind of in, in a way in the inquiry-based um, yes. way of asking. Yeah, that's very similar. Um, you know, why are we, why are we guarding this? And, you know, what does it have to do with uh, today's society? Right. 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 I mean, why are we learning about, you know, world war one? Um, what can we learn about that? That's going to impact 2023. Um, and I think that that's incredible. Why are we reading these old novels? Why are we reading Shakespeare? Um, mm-hmm. Why are we learning how to spell when we have, you know, on the computer, it'll change all our spelling and all our grammar. So it's mm-hmm. that, it's, it's getting that the kids to think and the teachers to think about why am I doing what I'm doing? Um, and just simply asking that question, why, or what if, I think mm-hmm. looking at what if um, the outcome to World War I was different, what would the world look like? Just getting kids to start thinking about all these different possibilities and the, what the future could hold, I think is incredibly important to get them to start thinking on their own um, and not just thinking the way everyone else thinks. Yeah, yeah. So what are the benefits of incorporating critical and creative thinking into your classroom, especially if a teacher feels like uh, he or she is in the trenches? Yeah, well, there's a couple of things. One, one of the things that I noticed when I started to do this in my own classroom was that I, the workload on my end was changing and shifting. So instead of me being on stage um, and being in front of the kids, you know, for 50 minutes or all day long, um, it started to become more student-centered. So I was more facilitator and a guide than I was the lecturer. Um, and that for me brought me much more joy because I had so much fun listening to what the kids were saying. Um, my prepping 
was questions. I just asked a lot of questions. I did a lot of group work. Um, I still do even in my training. It's mostly all collaboration and group work. Um, and I noticed the change because kids were engaging. Now, of course, you're still going to fight the cell phone and, you know, I don't want to do this. And that's fine. Everybody has those days. I have those days. You have those days of, man, I don't want to do anything. And that's okay. But if they have other people they can depend on, um, that helps. I think working in groups as well um, gives them a, a sense of belonging belonging and connection. Um, if it gives our our teaching and our content more meaning, makes it more relevant. Um, mm-hmm. And it can make it a classroom much more fun um, because we are, we're moving. We are changing around things. We are thinking about these amazing possibilities. We are keeping super open-minded. We are yeah. taking risks without being afraid of failure. And those, that can change a whole sense of community within a classroom mm-hmm. and a department. Yeah, yeah. And it also helps when um, teachers are uh, observing one another, right? Doing um, maybe in their own PLC, but also throughout the schools and and maybe uh, learning from each other um, for um, just getting, um, kind of seeing how that changes over time. So is that something you recommend a lot in your workshops? Absolutely. I, I was in a great PLC when I was teaching. Um, and I think working in PLCs is incredibly important. One of the things I think we have to remember is that open-minded deferring judgment and being empathetic when we're working in groups, right? So the person next to you, we all teach differently. And the person next to you in your PLC might teach in a different way that you doesn't fit for you. And that's okay, right? We have to learn that people do things differently and embrace what they're doing and maybe think about how you can incorporate that so that you're meeting all the different standards of the student. Mm-hmm. So I think that that PLCs and, and working together and again, that idea of I might not agree with you and that's okay is so important in today's society, right? Mm-hmm. In teaching with our students, our students, they might not agree with each other and that's okay, but I'm listening to you. I'm being open-minded about it and I'm learning from you. And I don't have to agree with you, yeah. but we still, we still need to work together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So for a teacher who wants to start creating a thinking classroom, where would they start? I think one of the main things is going through your current unit. Um, okay. It's one of the things I think teachers get afraid of. And, and in fact, I was just at a conference talking to, to several teachers who said they're so tired of that. We have a new initiative this year. Yeah. You know, we have another new, when we just, we didn't finish last year's initiative. And now all of a sudden we have a new initiative, not looking at this as an initiative, looking at yeah. this as a way of thinking and doing that you're yeah. taking your, your existing curriculum. Look, I know I have to teach this. This podcast is a proud member rock. of the Teach Better Podcast you know, Network. Science. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get back to the episode science unit or this algebra unit or this, you know, chemistry. I know I have to teach it. These are the standards I have. I've been giving almost a script. I'm hearing that a lot from teachers right now. They're giving almost a script in their classroom, starting with that and looking at, okay, where are the points where I'm allowing my students to take ownership, where I'm allowing my students the opportunity to fail without having any consequences to that failing? Where am I giving students feedback? Where am I allowing them to work together? It's yeah. just asking some simple questions 
and then going back in and rewriting some of your curriculum, um, adding your own personal take to the curriculum, your personal flair, um, so that kids are really seeing you as a facilitator. I think making sure too, for the teacher's sense of joy, making sure they're not doing all the work, Yeah. right? I mean, there's a point where you say, I don't, you don't have to grade everything, mm-hmm. right? And giving yourself that freedom to not grade everything, but to allow the students to have that reflection time, that feedback time, um, and, and giving, you can give them feedback, but not necessarily a grade so that it's, they feel okay. They feel this sense of, of freedom in your classroom. I think looking at your lesson plan and starting with asking a few of the questions of, do I have opportunities for my students too? And then going from there and not thinking that this is rewriting the whole thing. That's what I think is overwhelming because we think that we have to rewrite our curriculum or we have to you know grade even more. And we need to allow ourselves that that sense of, of freedom to say, mm, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to let my kids actually do that. That's where they're going to learn. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think that's a, a good way of starting. Like you said, look at where you can change up a few things to give kids more ownership and personal personalize what you're doing rather than um, yeah. Looking at a whole revamp, right. It's uh, the small steps. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's very small. I mean, I even say just by saying to students, Hey, you know, be creative. If a yeah. student comes up to you and says, is this okay? Or what do you think? Saying, well, what do you, what do you think? What do you, yeah. but those simple little things in a day, there's research that says, even just, like I said, telling a kid to be creative, it's almost like giving them permission to do something different and that that's okay for you in your classroom. So simple, tiny little steps like that can change the whole um, climate of a classroom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I mentioned in the bio that you're working on your doctorate. So what is the research that you're reading for your doctorate show about the need for creative and critical thinking and talk a little bit about what you're uh, researching in particular for your doctorate? Sure. My doctorate will be in innovative teaching strategies. Um, And one of the main things I'm looking at is how can incorporating creative and critical thinking bring teachers more joy? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so many different aspects that I could go, but I really wanted to look at how this can change, especially when I introduced, when I said my, my trenches was I, you know, I was sitting in my car crying. Um, but how can, if we allow this creative and critical thinking and we put that into our curriculum, how does that change our experience as teachers? Yeah. Um, not necessarily we, the kids and, and this, you know, standardized testing and all that, but really me, Katie as I'm sitting in my classroom, how does this help me um, and bring joy back into my classroom, bring joy back into why I'm doing what I'm doing um, and hopefully also lighten the load. So that's what I've been doing. I've been researching. It's interesting. The research that I'm doing, all of it says, yes, yes, yes. We need creative and critical thinking in the classroom. And I have all these statistics, but none of the research shows exactly how. Um, A lot of the research says we need training. Teachers know it's important and they need to learn how, but there's nothing out there that really says how. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's really where um, I've been putting my focus um, with the create method. We've created a create method just to give give teachers a framework of how you would do this. What would that look like? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've been talking to a lot of teachers, what they need, um, what they struggle with. And um, it's been it's been really exciting to see where this is going. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when will you uh, be finished with your uh, dissertation? I have about a year and a half left. Okay. And I will, and I will be done. Um, and it'll be all, all wrapped up in a pretty bow, hopefully. Okay. So around December of 24. Mm-hmm. Right. So, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, we will be on the lookout for that. Excellent. Good. So um, in terms of social and emotional learning, a lot of people are using a lot more of that in their classrooms and in their schools and advisory classes, for example. Um, how does this help us? How does creative and critical thinking help us with SEL um, in terms of like students um, just who are coming to school with a lot of anxiety and depression? Right. Right. And I think one of the things we have to stop thinking is NCL and SEL is a way of it's I'm going to have a 10 or 15 minute mm-hmm. session in my class. And we're going to talk about respect today. Yeah. And then we drop it and we move on to the algebra lesson. Yeah. But there's got to be a way that this is incorporated and infused. Um, there's a lot of research out there that shows that being creative, um, allowing yourself that freedom will bring you more joy. It can take away your anxiety. It can take away some depression. If a student knows that they're going to come into my classroom and they are going to, we're going to celebrate their failures. We are going to just kind of sit back and think why and what if that the anxiety is released. I had a student, I just left the classroom about a year ago. Um, and the last year that I was teaching, I had this very quiet student. She was just, she hardly said a word, even in group work, um, but she was very artistic. So I would allow her to just kind of doodle and draw in class. I didn't take that away from her. Um, a lot of the assignments I would say to her, how can you show me this skill through your creative way of thinking, through your artistic way of thinking? Um, and she started to come out of this shell. And I remember the last day of, of class, she said to me, this is the first time, she was a junior in high school, this is the first time ever I've been able to ch- make choices in my own learning. And I've learned more because I've been able to be some, be creative. So I think that, you know, part of that, and again, I've, I have several students who have had um, ADHD and anxiety and, and allowing them to have some freedom and choice. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of the anxiety comes from what if I'm wrong? Yeah. And allowing students to be able to say, so what if you're wrong? I'm wrong. I, I tell teachers it's always so important to be vulnerable with your students. For instance, saying, oh my gosh, you guys, last night I tried to make this souffle and I totally bombed it. It was terrible. I can't believe it. We wound up ordering pizza. Like, yeah. If Mrs. Trowbridge fails and she's laughing about it, then it must be okay for me to fail. It must be okay. And to let go of some of that anxiety, um, embrace, have fun, laugh in your classroom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all those things can help with that social emotional learning. Yeah, one of the biggest things too is, is that I said before, open-mindedness, being okay and thinking, oh, well, that's an interesting way to look at it. Right. And acknowledging that that's an interesting way to look at it. Um, and that's okay. And, you know, it might, it, it might sound crazy and wild and, and silly, but it's, it's still a great way, but that's also making a classroom climate that allows that. Mm-hmm. Right. So that if a student says something wild and crazy, another student doesn't go, that's so stupid. Mm-hmm. What a dumb idea. You have to build that, that social emotional um, climate in your classroom where, whoa, that's not accepted all wild and crazy ideas. We're going to celebrate them and have fun with them. Um, and I, I hear that a lot from teachers. That's one of the things that they struggle with the most right now in their classrooms. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned a little bit about the LinkedIn, um, article and how 
critical and creative thinking transfer to mm -hmm. employment um, opportunities and soft skills. So can you dive a little bit more into some of these soft skills and uh, something that can transfer from the K-12 mm -hmm. environment to when uh, students are looking for employment? Yes. You know, the, we always call them soft skills. And I think one of the things we need to start looking at them is as their essential skills. Yeah. So um, even my husband who um, is in the business world and, and managing several people, he has mentioned to me how, you know, the new employees that he has, the younger employees that he has, they don't, they just want to Google the right answer. Mm -hmm. Right. So if, and, and if there's a problem, if there's something that needs to be solved, it might not be on Google, right? We have to have those problem solving skills um, in order to work together and communicate and collaborate. It's not all about our cell phones. It's not all about um, who we are in our little cubicle, but expanding. And I think that we have to start incorporating that into our K through 12 so that when they leave and even when they go on to college, right? If they go into college or they go into a trade school or, or whatever, they know how to think through a problem on their own. Um, and, and that's what I think employers are really wanting because we have technology. We have a lot of this AI coming out. Um, they just pull from the internet, you know, AI pulls from the internet what's out there already, but we need the human on the other side saying, okay, well, this, this is what really works or here, how are we going to solve you know, the climate environment issues we have, you're not going to find that on Google, right? We have to work together to figure out ways to solve some of these problems. So um, that's where allowing, I think in our classroom, that, that sense of ambiguity um, more than ever, our students just don't know what's going to happen in the future. They've always said that we don't even know what jobs will be available for them in the future. Um, all those kinds of things are, are what's so essential for employment. And, and because we know that employment in our world is changing. So if we aren't able to adapt to that um, and aren't able to come up with ideas and be again, okay with, with failure and I oh, hope that didn't work. Now let's go on to the next one. Um, we are going to fail our society. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's where schools and employers need to work together um, to say, it's, it's great that they know the multiplication table, but they can also use a calculator. What we really need to know is, you know, how are we going to um, build this skyscraper? How are we going to, I also, I also often talk about, um, you know, in, in math class, let's look at how do we build a doghouse? Mm -hmm. And then we'll learn our skills through how we build a doghouse because you might have to do that someday. Yeah. Um, so those are the kinds of skills I think that they're not even soft skills anymore as much as they are essential, mm -hmm. um, especially the communication. I've had parents tell me that they walk in um, to the living room that their their daughter or son and they're having a, a get together and all their friends are together and they walk in and they see every single person on their phone. Mm -hmm. They're not even talking to each other, right? And and if we don't learn how to talk to each other and collaborate with each other, we're not going to be the great problem solvers that we need to be for this future that's coming up. Yeah, no, those are so important points because. Uh, like you said, a lot of these things that young um, employees are defaulting to, right? And, um, or being on their phone when they're needing to communicate in the real world. So yeah, I think um, as teachers, if we can just uh, make sure that we're instilling a lot of these pre creative and critical thinking skills into our students, then it will become easier for them once they move past, um, 
you know, their K-12 education. Right, right. And I think, again, for the teacher, it will help them get out of the trenches. You know, it'll help them to find some more joy as well um, with what they're doing. And, and I know that there are so many teachers in the trenches right now. Um, mm -hmm. And just by bringing some joy to themselves and also joy for their students, um, they can have fun and, and enjoy that learning process again. Find that reason why they went into teaching in the first place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, we've had a great conversation today on how to infuse critical and creative thinking into your classroom how to get started, um, work that you can do with colleagues, um, and really in weaving SEL and creative and critical thinking together. Out of everything we talked about, what's one thing you'd like listeners to remember? I think the best thing that we can do in education right now is collaborate with each other. Yeah. I think the thing that I want um, your listeners to remember is that it's okay to lean on each other, um, that it's okay to look to other people for advice. Um, that they should be joining either an online network or really working in their PLCs or just being okay with letting go of their stuff and allowing people to share it and then accepting other people's information. Mm -hmm. Just that, as I said before, there's great power when educators work together for a common goal. And that's how we, I think we need to start shifting our perspectives and making sure that we are working with each other to support each other. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where can people connect with you and find you online well there's the creative thinking network so if you go to the creative thinking network um you can look at we have 25 um experts in creativity and education from around the world that are having webinars that are doing courses it's a a great place to communicate and to say you know i'm struggling with this lesson anybody have any advice um there's lesson plans on how to incorporate all of that. So creativethinkingnetwork.com. And then there's Curiosity to Create, which is the nonprofit organization um, that we really work with teachers. We workshop with them. We help them, coach them. They have a lot of resources to do exactly what you and I have been talking about. How do we infuse that? So either one of those two entities um, are easy to reach out to, as well as just emailing me. I'm always on my, on my computer right now emailing and talking to teachers as well as traveling all over. Great, great. Well, I'll make sure I uh, include those links in the show notes. Thank you so much for being on the Out of the Trenches podcast today and um, helping me learn more about uh, just the benefits of creative and critical thinking in the classroom. Thank you for having me. This has been great. My book, Out of the Trenches, Stories of Resilient Educators, has now been published. You can access it through Amazon. You can buy it at the Road to Awesome website, or you can get it through my website at danagoodier.com. Please re leave a review, and you can also access it on Kindle. Check out the show notes on danagoodier.com to learn more about this guest and links to their social media. Please subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you download this podcast. Tell your friends and colleagues about it, and if this episode resonates especially with you, be sure to share it out on social media and tag me at Out of Trenches PC.